0: This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello. I'm so excited that you have joined us today on the Ops Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Gingrich, the founder of the Director of Operations Certification Program and the CEO of the Ops Authority. I am so excited that you're here today. We're going to talk about something that I hear a lot of feedback on, and I think you're going to want to hear about it. So, We are leading into our 10th round of the Director of Operations Certification Program. And if that is something that you have been looking at and has piqued your interest over the last couple of years, then I'm inviting you formally to come check it out, learn more about it. You can head on over to directorofops.com and you'll find lots and lots of information there. If you read about it and you're like, yes, that's exactly what I need to do that's on my growth plan, then go ahead and apply today. We will let you know if you are accepted. And I look forward to all of you ladies who are going to be joining us in the 10th round. Can you believe that we are already on the 10th round of our program? What an incredible experience it has been to lead these women who are transforming their lives, working inside of their genius, and also creating massive amounts of impact in the businesses that they're supporting, as well as in their own businesses, if that's the path that they want to go down. I can't tell you how many times I get the question, hey, this is what I've done in my past does that mean that I would be a good director of operations? And so that's what we're gonna tackle today. I'm gonna share the 11 different types of career paths that directors of operations have been on before they get to this certification program. So what are the professions that make excellent directors of operations? I want you to hang out and listen in with me today because I think you're gonna learn a lot about these various professions. And it's likely that you have many of the skills that I'm gonna be discussing when we talk about these different careers that you may have been in before you started looking at the DOO certification program. So what are DOOs? Well, they are leaders who have innate gifts and skills in the operational space. Here's something that I love to think about when people come to me and they're like, hey, is this right for me? So DOOs, they think analytically, they communicate effectively, and they execute efficiently analytics, communications, executing, and efficiency. Those are like the four key words when I think about directors of operations, that really sums them up. What we do as directors of operations is acquire, develop, and deliver. And this involves different types of resources, and those resources could be staff, it could be materials, it could be equipment, and it almost always involves technology, especially leveraging the digital platforms that we use today. And I recently had a previous client come back to me. She was actually looking for another director of operations. And something that she said that she missed about my presence in her business was this quote, you were the gap between planning and production. And wow, that really, really hit me. Because if I reflect on that, you can see where all of those things that I just mentioned, acquiring, developing, and delivering all come into that. I know I talk often, all the time, about operations, but the thing that I need everyone to know is that it doesn't matter the industry that you're in, the business model that you're participating in, it really doesn't matter. There are operations that are involved with all of those. So every industry, every business model, are comprised of operations. I've talked about this a lot, but we've got the front side of business and we've got the back side of business. The front side being marketing, the back side being operations. Those two pieces are critical for any kind of industry or business model. And so if you already have the gifts of operations that we're going to talk about today, then you should see very clearly where you fit. And now this gives you a lot of autonomy to figure out the types of people, maybe the industries or the business models that you want to work in. We are not short on work and opportunities are going to continue to blossom for those of us who are supporting in an operational capacity. Now, as we talk about becoming a director of operations, I want you to know that this is most commonly a role that we see as a second career or as a next career. Basically, this is not a first job out of college or the first job that you have. It's typically not in operations. And specifically in the DOO space, this is never going to be that because we're going to need experience as well as innate leadership skills for us to come in at this level inside of a business. Typically, people get interested in becoming a director or a leader of operations once they have spent time kind of checking those boxes of an academic path. Like for me, I went through the nursing path and I was in clinical care for a while before I started to really see where my gifts were. So that's what I mean by checking those boxes of an academic path. Like we spent all this time, money, energy, and got a degree in something. And so it's the natural step is to continue down that path and check those boxes. And I certainly have done that. The other thing is that maybe you didn't go down the college path or the university path, but you found an industry that you loved maybe it was music maybe it was beauty maybe it was it was retail i mean there's so many medical it could be a lot of different things but that was something that you really desired and you found a job in that place once you get inside of that role inside of that industry you start to poke around and see where it is that feels the best for you we see a lot of progression you know they say that your college degree like how many of us are actually leveraging the degrees that we got not very many The reason behind that is as you get inside of an industry that you love and that you're passionate about, You're evolving and you finally get to see where you fit. So it may be that you stay inside of the medical field, but maybe you're not in clinical care. Maybe you get more into management and administration. There's just so many different paths. But I want to make it very clear that directors of operations are not your first stop in your career. Oftentimes, it's the second, third, or the next career path in your growth and development. It's rarely a direct path. Alrighty, so I am the founder of the Director of Operations Certification Program, but I got here from a really windy path too. I started out in healthcare, which was a combination of both fitness and nursing and cardiac care. And I would call that my very first career out of my educational setting. At that point, I reflected on how much joy I was getting out of being a mentor to other people and that led me to my second career which allowed me to leverage that education that I had, but it also allowed me to tap into that further growth and development that I really was yearning for, that mentorship that I loved, and I moved into teaching. So I was in the academic setting, I was actually a college professor for about four years, and I loved the ability to combine the science that I had grown to enjoy and further myself by breaking that science down and watching other people have transformations. You're going to start to see a theme here. At this point, all I can see is that I was made to be a nurse and now I was here to help other people do what I had already done, which was become a nurse. This is the budding of where my entrepreneurial as well as my mentorship skills started to bud. Like I said, that was about four years, and then we enter into the next phase. I call this version 3.0 or Natalie 3.0, but this is where I got a big, big, big part of my foundational experience, and that was in the corporate setting. So I came into a Fortune 150 company in the human resources division. I was an analyst, a people manager. I developed curriculum. I delivered curriculum. I was a facilitator. And that eventually led me into project management. From project management, I went into program management, which was an absolute joy because I came back to that gift of being able to instruct and inform and mentor other people who desired a particular path. That led me to my final stop in corporate, which was to be a chief of staff. That chief of staff role was reporting directly to the CEO. We had 36,000 employees in this company at this time. We had 600 of them that were reporting underneath me. And these happened to be in the operations and administrative tracks. So you can see, hopefully woven throughout that entire journey, my love and passion for people, for leadership, for systems, as well as being analytical and driving towards a result. So I As I share my journey with you, I want you to see that string that ties all of those together, and there is no way at the ripe age of 23, when I graduated from my master's degree, that I would have been able to project forward and see how I would tie all of these together. I would have never in a million years dreamt that I would have been in corporate America, first of all, and then lastly, that I would have ever been working directly for the chief executive officer of such a large business and being his right-hand person. But when I look backwards, it makes all the sense in the world that my skills were just people were looking at the talent, at the skills that I had, and were finding roles for me that made sense for my gifts. It wasn't allowing education to particularly drive where I was going, where that growth was going to happen. So when I look back over those past two decades of work experience, I see a common thread of service and leadership, being able to take in lots of information, break down complexity, and managing projects and people to execute on a mission. It may sound a little stiff to you, but that's exactly what I was doing then. I could have never articulated it that way at that time, but now looking back, that's exactly it. So the theme that I see, the greater theme that I see is service and leadership. Those are soft skills that are really, really hard to teach. I believe that you're wired with those or without those. I do also believe that you can get better and refine those over time, but service and leadership were the innate gifts that I received. And then some of those more practical skills were managing project and people so that we could reach a result. When I was going through my nursing program, I wouldn't have thought that these gifts were operational skills. So I just wanna be very clear that using the term operational skills was nothing that I would have ever identified with, even up to like five years ago, friends. So they were just me. And after two decades of having that work experience, I had the opportunity to do life differently. And this was a big gift. It wasn't a gift I was seeking. It was a gift that really came upon me. And if you've ever had one of those divine moments you will be able to identify with that. But it just landed on my lap. And this gave me the chance to deeply reflect on those skills, really moving away from that academic pressure that I had to be, to do, and follow something that I had spent $180,000 on. (laughs) But at this point, all I could see when I looked deep inside of myself was that I wanted impact. I wanted a legacy rather than a job. I wanted to do work that brought me joy and it still challenged me. I always knew I was gonna be in the workforce. I always knew I was gonna be contributing. I was born a high achiever, someone who wants to give and develop, and that's exactly what led me here. All of this led me to becoming a director of operations in other people's businesses by accident. I did not leave corporate America thinking that I was going to become a director of operations. And I want you to hear me out. I was building a completely different business and that business was life coaching. Remember the theme of mentorship had come up throughout my entire time in those first two decades in my work experience. And I wanted to leverage that in the form of becoming a life coach. And so when I left corporate, that was my very first job. I was connecting with friends and colleagues who were in these Facebook groups and they were leveraging their passions and their gifts to build businesses. And all of those gifts that came natural to me had me pouring into their businesses with strategy and operational focus, with processes, building teams, finding out who to hire, how to hire, and ultimately making things happen. All of a sudden, I was impacting businesses and allowing them to find and see profits that were completely foreign to them. We were Building teams, we were budding new teams, and more was getting done in their business with greater ease as a result of the impact of just having me. And at this point, we hadn't formalized anything. All of a sudden, I was leveraging my innate skills with clients that I loved, the people I enjoyed working with. And contrary to corporate where I didn't get to choose the client. I didn't get to choose the executive that supported the project. I had to deal with that. But in this new way, again, I thought I was going to go into life coaching. And when I came into partnership with people that I genuinely liked, the natural part of me, the natural expression, those gifts that I was given was able to partner with them and help them extract what their mission and vision were and make it a reality so much faster. I would have never thought that my corporate experience would collide with my natural skills and overlap my personal mission of impact. It really will be. It's the legacy that I hope that I'm able to share with all of you who desire something very similar. It was at this juncture that I saw the need for a director of operations, a strategic and operational leader for small businesses, for online businesses. I was finding out that CEOs truly did need a counterpart. They needed much more than small contract, temporary project management, virtual assisting. They truly needed a counterpart to themselves as the CEO. And I was fulfilled like never before. A lot of this came from using my own gifts and also working with people that I deeply and genuinely loved. And this was a big motivator. This told me, you know, I'll break the habit of having to feel like I have to go back to corporate to make an impact, to be able to bring home the money that I desired. I was in my zone. I was in my element. I was living life in a completely different way. And I was on fire. So as i delivered a new level of care and leadership to these organizations and they were small they were tiny businesses the need was growing before my eyes there wasn't enough space for the referrals that i was getting and so i created this program to impact other women who had those same skills i was looking around and i could see people who had the same skills and the heart for service but they needed training they wanted to be and feel confident they wanted a safe place to practice these various frameworks that I was creating, I didn't even know that other people didn't have some of this science part of (laughs) the analytical part of the frameworks that I was leveraging. Like I said before, this is often a second career or one that comes about after you've had time to assess your own gifts. But everyone has a history and an experience before they arrive at the DOO program. And today, I wanted to share about the most common professions that come before people come into the DOO certification. So we're going to talk about 11 of those. I tried to do 10, but I literally couldn't pull away one. So. Silly me, we have an odd number of 11, but hey, we like to be a little odd around here. So starting with number one, administration. And administration looks so different in every business as well as every industry. But we're talking about executive assistants, administrators, online business managers, office managers, front desk staff, really these people are masters of chaos and bringing order and finding solutions through processes. And they're amazing with customer service. They're geniuses. They have a big, big gift in creating and finding order in a very complex and lively, often discombobulated situation. So you see lots of leaders emerge out of the area of administration. You see this in small business and corporate and nonprofit all over the place because administrators are truly the base layer. They are the foundation for all business. The second career we're going to talk about is in the financial space. So accountants and bookkeepers. The base behind both of those professions is data. And being able to mine that data and do something with it, create stories behind it, everything from executing and creating processes and developing the procedures for reconciling your expenses every month, all the way to creating really complex reports that tell the story of health and profit inside of a business. These roles always fall underneath operations every business is going to want exposure to data and metrics so that we can operate more efficiently and create the most profit. So accountants and bookkeepers definitely find themselves in the director of operations space. Actually, financials is one of the five pillars inside of operations. And so when When people come to us with a background in the financial space, what I see them do as a result of becoming a DOO is they expand and they start to really leverage their strategic gifts that they've probably been taking for granted as they were creating these wonderful reports. And we talk a lot about the storytelling that these reports can do. And in the past, they may have just been delivering reports and hoping that somebody would read them. And as a DOO, we really leverage those reports to help the leader understand where their gaps are, how we can strategically plan forward, and if there are any operational shifts that need to be made. And there always are, by the way. The third area, which shouldn't surprise you since I shared this story earlier, but the third profession is in the medical space. So we're talking about practitioners and clinicians, maybe they're nurses. We've had doctors, we've had nurses, we've had therapists that have come through. And what do all of those people have in common? They take critical and complex information from doctors, and we turn it into empathy, to critically connecting with the patient, to leveraging analytical skills to create appropriate and consistent care plans. So we truly are, we as nurses or anyone in the medical space, in the clinician space, are masters of project management, a combination of that with human resources, that soft part, as well as finding and leveraging the strategy in any medical situation. I hope that allows you to see very clearly how nurses, think about the last time you were at the doctor's office or you had the care of nurses. When you reflect, think about that. They are the soft part to what you really want the doctor to deliver, but they don't. So the world has nurses to come in and to partner with that doctor to ease this, to create, to execute, to deliver on the plan. The fourth career that we have seen is web design and development. So these are creatives who are capable of managing so many moving pieces. If you've ever been behind a Graphic design, a web design, any design projects, you know how complex they can be. There are many milestones to this work, and they create those plans and execute them while leveraging their artistic genius. And I believe that this is so, so unique. It's hard to find, but this is a really big gift. And we've seen it come through our certification program many, many times. Lots of times they were they were web designers or web developers, and then they made their way to marketing. When they got into marketing, they started to see that, ooh, you know what? I actually love the marketing operations part of the job more than the, the creative marketing. So that's another one. So career number five is retail management. And you guys think about the last time you walked into the mall, maybe even a grocery store, and you think about what goes in to being a leader a manager inside of a retail store. This is essentially the combination of a CEO and a COO because they are responsible for everything inside of that store. And I don't believe that you'll find better management than a person who has served in this capacity. They have to think strategically, but also execute every single day, customer by customer. All right, we're halfway through. The sixth profession or career that directors of operations have been in are in that corporate space, in human resources. And there are so many different facets to human resources, everything from building teams, hiring teams, performance plans and growth plans and initiating a deep, rich culture, participating in leadership and development, facilitation, benefits. There are just so many different paths within human resources But at the center of all of them is the love of people. I firmly believe that the people who don't fit inside of HR really don't have the heart for people. And the ones that thrive are the ones that do, because that's how we channel people to create strategic plans and to help with growing and building teams and businesses through people. This is the only way that scaling actually happens is through people. And so... Those of you ladies who have a background in HR or specifically something like recruiting, you definitely are going to have a knack for becoming a director of operations. The seventh field and one that is primarily led by females and makes a very, very easy crossover to operations is a school teacher being a teacher. So much like our nurses, they've got a pedigree in pedagogy, which is teaching others how to learn, but they also have to be so process driven. The most effective classroom teachers are strong leaders. Think about your favorite teacher as you were growing up or a handful of your favorite teachers. They were very nurturing. They made you feel comfortable, but they still taught you a whole lot along the way. They followed a curriculum, they created curriculums that made learning fun. So teachers make phenomenal operators because of those skills that I just shared with you. They're so used to juggling so much and still following and executing on a plan. The eighth, and this may surprise you, is our military. This is probably the most universally known operations role in the universe operations in the military execute on the strategic plan. So everything from combat to intelligence, pilots, logistics, literally every single mission that they run has to have operators. And so We've had several people who I am grateful and proud of for their service and dedication to the military and to their nations, but have seen the skills that they have and wanted to make sure that they were leveraging those skills. They probably didn't see them when they were going into the military, but the military allowed them to. It's like when you get into that industry and you do something because you're told to do it, but then you start looking around for growth and development and you find yourself in those process and project situations, those leadership roles, and the military has produced some incredible directors of operations. Number nine, project management. So if this is a career path or a plan that you have been on, you know that project management is about developing the plan, creating a plan, communicating the plan, and leading that plan. Project managers bring calm to chaos, and they support others to fulfill those tasks. So they navigate shortcomings, they deal with late deadlines, they evaluate goals, these ladies are analytical, they are leaders, and they are communicators. If you have been in a project management capacity in corporate, or even you leverage project management skills, and we've got several podcasts on that. If you are a project manager, regardless if you are trained and you have corporate experience in that or not, I will tell you that that is the skill set that every single director of operations has you know how to create plans, you definitely know how to execute on the plan and to manage the plan. Big number 10, event management professionals. This is very similar to what I just described as a project manager, but they're also like a retail store manager. They add skills like negotiations and a very strong presence because of the support that they're delivering And the skill of being decisive, of being able to make a decision on the spot is very, very important in event management. We've got several DOOs who have come from this background and they are extremely efficient especially in that project management place, but I see them being great people leaders because the only way to get through an event is to leverage a team, whether that's volunteers, whether that's coordinating with sponsors and speakers and all sorts of things. You see a lot of innovation that comes out of this profession. I told you at the beginning, I had one extra, I couldn't just stop at 10. I had one extra that I had to do So lucky number 11 is a business owner. Several people come to us with a background in business. They found their passion. They created a revenue stream for it. They got into it and they realized that they enjoyed the fulfillment of the product or the service more than the marketing. They want to get and stay in their zone. So let's just talk about someone that's currently in our program. They were an Etsy store owner who sewed newborn outfits, and they struggled to get enough sales. They loved sewing. They loved being creative. They loved getting all of the systems ready to put it onto Etsy, but she didn't want to sew for the rest of her life, and she didn't enjoy the marketing. She found fulfillment in the operations of owning an Etsy store, and today she is a DOO who serves Etsy store owners, and she leverages her operational gifts and back office management. She's able to stay in her industry that she loves so much and in a platform that she's comfortable with. And she doesn't have to worry about the dreaded marketing that she no longer has to focus on. So you can see that once you find your industry, you look around, you start to see where your gifts are, and it may cause you to take a turn. But ultimately, in the in the scenario that I just shared with you, this person is reaching ultimate fulfillment and is allowing people who enjoy the marketing part of business to be able to do that better Bigger, make greater impacts, greater sales. And she is behind the scenes in an industry that she absolutely loves. She's getting known, she is known as the operator for Etsy stores. Alrighty, so I shared 11 different professions with you. If you identified with any of those, I definitely think that you need to be looking at the Director of Operations. If you're ready to make a shift, if you're ready to turn and look at how you can create impact, leveraging the natural skills that you have, I want you to take a look here. If you'll come on over to thedirectorofops.com or theopsauthority.com slash get-certified, you're gonna learn all about the Director of Operations Certification Program that we have. There are so many other professions that we have seen that lead to the Director of Operations path, but these are just the most common that I couldn't wait to share with you. All right, ladies, if you're interested in becoming a DOO, we invite you to join us in our upcoming round. We have led 175 women through the transformation from one of the careers that we've talked about today into the DOO life. Sometimes that means owning a business as a director of operations and selling a service. Sometimes that means that you're going to be full-time and so you really get to design this for yourself our job here at the Ops Authority is to help you get more out of the skills that you already have so that you can create a legacy, impact, and monetize those skills in a way that feels very natural to you. Head on over to directorofops.com to learn all about that. We're going to be kicking off round 10 on June 1st, so we definitely want you to apply ASAP, and we look forward to seeing you inside of our certification.